This episode of Down to Business is brought to you by TF Moran, a leading land planning and engineering firm with offices in both Bedford and Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Hey, everybody. This is Jeff Feingold, editor of New Hampshire Business Review with our Down to Business podcast for December 8th, 2021. Is that what that means? What, 17 more shopping days or 16 more shopping days? You better get up going on it. That supply chain is uh, not going to help not be very helpful for you. Anyway, this week we have as our guest, Jason Alexander, who is one, a managing partner of Bank W, which is a, I want to say a conglomerate, but that's not fair to say, but it's a, it's a group of companies that work, specialize in staffing and recruitment based in Bedford, but you're around you also, you also have a place in boston i believe jason and well you can you can tell me what you are why don't you why don't you tell talk about what bank w is i will uh and i'm happy to do it thanks for having me on the show jeff great uh bank w staffing is a well bank w staffing is a, is a parent company that was um locally owned and created by my partners and i is the um the owner and, and essentially manager of five different separately branded but tightly cohesive staffing and recruiting companies so real quick list of them is kbw financial staffing and recruiting alexander technology group the nagler group sales search partners and knf and t staffing resources all of whom has a very specific um i would say not so much industry vertical focus but a competency vertical focus meaning that you know our technology team will provide staffing and recruiting services to any company out there that might be in need of somebody in software application development or IT support. And the same goes for our areas that focus on everything from finance, accounting, human resource, customer service, legal, and um, sales placement, and probably a couple of other areas I'm embarrassingly forgetting to say. (laughs) Now, this is why you're on, because if, if there's no, if there's one issue that is uh, distressing employers nowadays is finding workforce, and this is what your, this is what you specialize in. This is what your thing is. So you can give, and I wanted to have you on to give us your perspective on what it, what is it really, what is it, what does it take for an employer to navigate what this landscape's like now? Is there, is, are, you know, I know you have an article coming up in. The upcoming issue, uh, issue of New Hampshire Business Review uh, that goes over some of these, but it, you just tell us a little bit about what exactly you think it takes for to navigate this landscape right now. Yeah, it's a it's a it's an awesome question and one we wrestle with on a daily basis, not just with our our hundreds of local area clients, but our ourselves as well as as a business. Um, the landscape is borderline unprecedented, and the conditions upon which we're you know we're 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 operating with a, a hot market and also, you know, navigating the, the, the ongoing and ever-changing COVID era um, is, is, is monumentally difficult. So what are companies doing? Well, you know, I think the first thing for, for the, that the most successful companies that we encounter are, the first step they're taking is to acknowledge all of the conditions that they're operating within right now. It's, um, tremendously difficult to find people at all levels. I mean, you and I both know, and, and, and anybody who's listening has probably encountered uh, a Starbucks or, or a local area 
um, restaurant or store that is just closed during normal business hours because they can't find people to work. And that has that and that effect is is not just at the local retail level. I mean, employers that we're working with have um, 10, 50, sometimes 100 plus openings um, for positions that they, they, they just cannot find people to fill. So coming to terms with the fact that people are as difficult to find as I've ever seen them to find, or, or, or the level of difficulty um, is higher than, than anything that I've seen in the last 20 years of being involved in, in staffing and recruiting. Mm. And so once you do realize that, you start operating in a way that says, okay, I, I need to start taking extraordinary measures to go out and not just find the talent that's available, but to attract them, to acquire talent, meaning to put together a narrative. And that narrative can include everything from your company culture to your benefits plan, to how you operate and treat employees, to how you compensate employees. And that narrative has to be strong enough for someone to say, I, I do in fact want to come work for you. And in most cases, I do in fact want to quit my current job and come mm -hmm. work for you. And that in and of itself is a tremendous uh, challenge these days. Uh, but it's not just about going and finding new talent. It's about evaluating the stability of the tenure and, and the um, of your of your current staff and how successful are you right now at proactively retaining the talent that you already have. Hmm. So these are all mindsets and questions that I think the most successful companies right now are asking themselves and addressing as proactively as possible instead of waiting and then reacting to that kind of one-way revolving door or that inability to attract people enough to have them want to come work for you. Yeah, I mean, uh, one of the things that, that, that I've noticed is that, you know, first of all, it, you know, when you when you drive down uh, an area, you know, like let's say South Wall Street, you'll see the signs for uh, looking for for people to work at McDonald's and Wendy's and Dunkin' Donuts, and you know, it's like fifteen dollars an hour, sixteen dollars an hour, eighteen dollars an hour. You know, just things you'd never thought you'd see before. These prices, these these wages, and they're having a hard time finding people to fill. And if you just actually go to one of those places, you know that they're sometimes filling it with a warm body because uh, they're having a very hard time to find people. And I think that's also probably true or a concern for, for higher level employers as well. So what I mean, what what do you what does an employer do to differentiate it, himself itself? I shouldn't say from uh, from from his competitors. Let's say. Mm -hmm. what, I mean, what what would be like a couple of the major steps you could take? Well, major steps right off the bat, and I think I mentioned I'm. You know, I'll probably follow suit with some of the things that are in the, the the upcoming article, but there's there's so much more to share. In no particular order of importance, the the place that I would start right off the bat is to realize that the hotter the market, the more the more expensive the talent. And I'm not suggesting by any means that everybody just go and immediately begin overspending um, automatically on everybody that you you intend to hire. With that being said. When, when looking at compensation, when looking at salaries or hourly income, what attracted and what you were able to attract and acquire talent, or the rate at which you were able to attract and acquire talent, say two years ago, is probably not the same price as it is today. Mm -hmm. um, the same thing goes for retention. You know, if we're having a diff if you're having a difficult time attracting talent at a certain 
salary at a certain rate because of X, Y, or Z position that you're trying to fill, you also want to ask yourself immediately, how competitive are my current salaries? Because just because people aren't knocking on your door saying, I, I, I want a raise, doesn't mean they're not looking for a raise elsewhere. So I think right off the bat, realizing that we have to identify a, you know, there's a, the, the cliche of this new normal. We've talked about new normal throughout the COVID era. And there's a lot of reasons and applications for the term new normal. Um, as it applies to the point I'm making right now, your new normal is probably has to be more expensive than your old normal. And we want to be making sure that we're not just attracting people to come work for us based on what they'll take today, but what they'll want and what they'll be willing to keep moving forward. So whether you are having those conversations in-house with your own teams or bringing in outside help for analyzing compensation, I know I work with a lot of, a lot of clients, signed more NDAs and, and have analyzed compensation for more companies in the last 12 months than I have probably in the last five years before that. Mm. Um, first of all, you gotta make sure that you're competitive, but it's not all about money. You know, I think up until um, recently, and if you were to look at a lot of the data out there from a variety of surveys being put on by Gartner Group and, and, and entities like that, money doesn't tend to be the number one reason why people take a job or why people leave a job. It tends to be because of workplace culture, flexibility, work-life balance, and then an overall feeling of stagnation. You know, where am I going with my career? And so, I contend right now, I just, gave a, I just gave a talk not too long ago for a local group of human resource leaders. And to me, it's never been, it's never been cooler, more fun, or more innovative to be in a position of human resources, whether you have a human resource title or whether you're assuming that capacity as a small to medium-sized business owner, because our workplace culture as we knew it has, I won't say entirely has died before our feet, but the status quo is gone. And we now have an opportunity to redesign and reestablish a workplace culture um, that does an even better job standing for who we are as a company, what our work-life balance ought to be. Um, so making sure that we have a culture that caters to what your most talented people, and, and, and I mean, not even, even your most talented people, having a culture that caters to what your, your, your team members um, deem as their new normal and being flexible and allowing people to work from home when they can and offering, um, looking at benefits programs and realizing, okay, what can I afford to make this a more attractive place to work? I mean, everything has to be reevaluated from the ground up. Hmm. Wow, I, I, I want to get back to that. I just need to take a break for one, just a little brief break. Be right back. Sure. For more than 53 years, TF Moran has been a leading land planning and engineering firm. With offices in both Bedford and Portsmouth, their professional service areas include civil, structural, and traffic engineering, land surveying, landscape architecture, environmental, shoreland, and wetland permitting, stormwater monitoring, as well as other construction support services. TF Moran utilizes the latest technology, putting their expertise to work to deliver high quality, cost-effective, and low-impact solutions to best serve their clients. 
They are proud to be involved in some of New Hampshire's largest development projects, such as the SNHU Milliard Parking Garage in downtown Manchester, Woodmont Commons in Londonderry, and Whole Foods and the Market and Main Development in Bedford. At TF Moran, they are deeply committed to the communities in which they live and work. They are honored to have received the New Hampshire 200 Award and the Business Excellence Award from New Hampshire Business Review. And they are proud to have been voted the best of business in the engineering category for the last nine years in a row. Please visit them at tfmoran.com to view their project portfolio and learn more about the company. Okay, we're back with Jason Alexander of uh, Cape, uh, Bank W, not to be confused with Jason Alexander of Seinfeld, which is not, it, it, I'm sure he's never heard that before. <laughs> you know, it's it's actually, it's interesting. He doesn't look anything like him. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm 6'6 and a full head of hair and really, I guess, not all that funny, but the, but the, <laughs> it, it is, Seinfeld has now become the, the new all in the family. Yes. Uh, I'll, I'll bring people on board and I'll, and I'll introduce myself and I'll say, you know, like Jason Alexander from Seinfeld. And it, it, <laughs> it breaks my heart of how many people maybe have not only not seen Seinfeld, but say, sign what? What, do you, what is this Seinfeld wow. thing you're talking about? It's, um, wow. it's completely unreal to me. It's in the, at the core of my being. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, half the things I've said over the last 20 years have been regurgitations of Seinfeld. True. It's true. <laughs> Actually, you can learn some lessons about being a, an employee from jo from the character George Costanza, but that's another matter. How to be, the how to and not and how not to manuals. How not to be. Yeah. Anyway, I, you know, I we were talking about compensation and stuff, and and this is something that I, that I've been aware of, having been in New Hampshire for all these years. That a, many times you'll meet employers who, I don't know if it's necessarily true now, but who have, over the years have said, well, you know, we don't have to pay as much because, you know, we have the mountains and the lakes. And you mentioned this in your column. Mm -hmm. And, but, 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 but in a lot of ways, there's been like a New Hampshire discount or employers think there's a discount. They, they can pay less because people want to be here. But when you mention remote work, you're not just competing with nearby employers. You're competing with people around the country, if not the world, for, for certainly for talent. Now, what what will it take? I mean, what 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 is? I know that's a realization employers need to have, but how, how do they realize it? I mean, without I mean, come to the reality that this is this, like you said, is a new normal. Well, it, it's a it's it's an awesome awesome question. It's it's one I've been wrestling with as somebody who who specializes in not just recruiting people, but also trying as best I can to help with recruitment strategies. You know, one of the first things I do if I sit down with a company is. is um, try to make myself obsolete by saying, are you as bulletproof as you possibly can be when it comes to retaining your workforce? Because I'd rather, I'd rather that be the part of the winning strategy that, that I'm part of as opposed to just constantly replacing this, you know, this losing war of attrition. Um, but yeah, ever since, you know, we were, as a company, my, my own businesses, we were very much an in the office, personal touch, close proximity, organization we had to you know overnight go 100% remote and and you know establish all the technological controls to make that to make that possible as if almost all other companies to some degree over the years you're 100% right this there's um 
you know, I, I haven't seen it written up in many uh, organizations' benefits packages, but it might as well be where they say, you know, close proximity to hiking and biking and mountains and streams and lakes and skiing and all of the wonderful things that we have here in New Hampshire. And I'll preface what I'm about to say by saying, I don't know anybody who's more happy outdoors than me. I mean, I love going hiking. I love hiking the 4,000 footers and spending time in the, in the North Country and all of the wonderful things that Granite State has to offer. But geography in and of itself has been killed by COVID because the most competitive organizations are looking at ways that they can accommodate work from home employees who want to work from home. And in some cases need to work from home because of restrictions for their children from COVID. So if I'm, a, if I'm a, an employee that's working up, say, in you know, Concord or Guilford or Laconia or what, whatever it might be, you know, give, it a, a, give, give it the town a name, I can now live in the mountains and lakes and streams and rivers and hike and bike and ski and all the things that go along with that, but work for a Boston-based company making Boston-based dollars and live the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. And while we don't do this as an organization, we, uh, but I do know of very specifically multiple organizations in and around the Boston area, and I'm sure many more, they are targeting workers who are working for companies based in New Hampshire where they know they've taken that kind of quote unquote New Hampshire discount and some doing it quite successfully to your, so to answer your question, how do, how do employers, you know, combat this problem? One of two ways, they either attack it proactively or they attack it reactively. Mm. The react being the less optimal by realizing that, you know, half of the floor is now gone, um, having gone to work elsewhere. Um, which nobody likes because the cost, what I'll tell you is nine times out of 10, the cost of the, the cost of retention is less than the cost of replacement. So the amount of lost productivity in a seat when you lose it today, it's gonna, it's gonna take you two, three times as, as long to fill that seat. You've lost a lot of production. You also more often than not probably have a less um, familiar, less, um, immediately able person. So you have some ramp up during that time. So let's go back to the proactive strategy. Proactive strategy is to say, like I said before, let's put everything on the table and reevaluate everything today. And how likely are my staff members to not want to take that call from a competing company because they have everything that they want here? There is a little bit of a discount. If you can, if you can live and, and, and work for a company that's local, maybe there's a little discount to be take, to be had, but um, not a 25%, not a 30 or 40% discount. So looking at, at it realistically and realizing that what kept your people two years ago probably isn't going to keep your people today is the best strategy I can think of, at least to start. Yeah. Now, you know, we talk, we're talking about compensation here, but it's become apparent that there's also a need for employers to understand the that employees don't only just want money and sometimes right. they don't even need that even money's not even the most important thing and so, so what are some of the benefits that you think are 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 more successful at retaining attracting and retaining employees i think first of all the company's message um if I worked for, and, and we've done we've, we've, we've done this with my organizations, but one of the first things I advise companies to do is to get a small committee together from various departments and 
start coming up with a message for what is your company all about? What does your company stand for? Now, to today more than ever, and this isn't just a millennial thing, even though millennials are no longer 20 years old now, you know, there, there's, um, it's a, it's, it, it affects every generation. People want to know what the company stand, what the company they're about to go work for, or what the company they're staying at stands for as a business. And this could be social responsibility, this could be equality, this could be community outreach and philanthropy, or whatever the company mission might be. Asking good, hard, look in the mirror questions of what do we stand for as an organization? What's our, what's our narrative? Then when you look at the flexibility, flexibility in terms of um, you know, paid time off, for example, is a great um, thing for us to look at. How easy is it for somebody to, this is sort of a cliche thing, but things are cliche for a reason. How easy is it for, one of an, for an employee to shoot out at three o'clock and go see their child's soccer game mm. or get to a medical appointment or whatever it might be? How results-based um, is, your, is your method of measuring the success of your staff versus you know, the eyeball test of just who's in the office a little bit longer? So you know, uh, one thing that we've gone to as an organization, a lot of companies have gone to, um, is an unlimited paid time off program. Studies show that unlimited paid time off pays, is a win-win is a, is a in almost every case for the, staff, for the employees and the employer. As long as you have a method of measuring your staff that says if you get your job done to some extent, I don't care when you do it. Now, there's plenty of people listening right now who might be employers of employees that are dealing with, you know, uh, workplace shifts in places that they have to be at certain times. Um, you know, somebody who's working at a retail at a, at, a, at, a, at a register can't just say, well, I'm gonna go for a few hours. Um, <laughs> don't worry, I'll get my job done some other time. So there's plenty of exception to the rule that I'm saying. Like there might be somebody out there saying, well, I can't do unlimited PTO or I can't just let people come and go as they please, which is totally and completely understandable. Ultimate flexibility is a goal that no one's gonna completely achieve, but it's something we can always be taking steps toward. Leading me to the second step, we've just been through and are currently going through unprecedented times. We've never been through a, like we've never been through a global pandemic like this, and an, and an instant, instantly remote workforce where workplace cultures had to be reinvented from the ground up. I like to think that we've been, as an organization and, and many others that I've seen, participating in unprecedented transparency with our staff. You know, showing your human side, showing that we don't know how we're going to handle this thing. But we're figuring it out, and we're going to keep you. We're going to keep you informed every single step of the way. Um, not assuming that staff members are in the know or are comfortable not being in the know, and bringing them into the fold and behind the behind the scenes to let everyone know exactly what's going on, so mm. people aren't left to wonder. Uh, a level of people with people who are uncertain as to which direction their company is going, or which direction their culture is going, or which direction their career progression might be headed are much more likely to take calls from competing organizations who might wanna pay them a little more, give them a little more certainty, or give them a little bit more flexibility. Yeah. It, it just seems to me that a lot of the, the, the takeaway I'm getting from talk, listening to you is that retention is really the highest priority an employer has right now. 
because it's such a demand for new employees, for, for employees from from your competitors that you don't want to lose what you have because you want to be, you don't want to go back to square one because we know about the training costs and all that stuff. I couldn't agree more. I think that it's also it's also a training ground for you, the employer, because the things that will retain your best staff are the exact things that will allow will allow you to acquire your best mm. staff. And I think from a marketing capacity, we you know we tend to there there tend to be four um, uh, well, there's more, but there's four key audiences that you should be marketing to. Um, and I think we missed one of them. I think we missed the most important one. We market to our clients, we want to let them know what's going on. We market to our prospective clients. We want them to come into the fold and start paying us you know, money and, and achieving value with a partnership with our organization. We market to people who want to come work for us because we want them to know how great a workplace this is and how wonderful life would be on our payroll as a, as a team member. But we miss the opportunity sometimes to market to our existing staff. Mm. I will contend that the most successful organizations in any vertical at any size and any space that I've worked with are the ones that have a unilaterally excited staff to come to work every day. And it doesn't always have to do with having, um, you know, access to gadgets and fun stuff, but it does have a lot to do with the transparency that you have um, and the clear and open messaging and the power of your narrative um, when it comes to allowing a staff member to basically articulate internally what it is about this job that they like and what it is about mm -hmm. this place of work that they enjoy. So workplace retention is a number one priority always for us. And it also, you know, as, as, you, as you survey the staff, you say, why do you like to work here? Well, those answers are answers you can then convey over to people considering coming to work for you. Hmm. Wow. Very wise. Well, try yeah, which is really very impressive no no that was really that's some really really good points you're making and i hope that people uh think about this because like i said this is the number one on the list of uh concerns you know in, in a specifically in the pandemic but even before new hampshire was having serious workforce shortage issues and you know because of demographics as well so these are things that employers need to think about. But anyway, Jason, well, thank you so much for joining us. Well, it's my pleasure. It's I mean, talking to you, Jeff, is 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 fun, <laughs> fun no matter what, whether it be in an interview <laughs> or, uh, or over a cup of coffee. But thanks for having me on, and um, I really appreciate the opportunity. No, I really appreciate you joining us, and I wish you a great, great holiday, and you know, all the best. And I hope we do get to have a cup of coffee some point. Absolutely, I mean, not yeah. virtually, not virtually. Well, this this being a this being a, I mean it's 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 recorded, but this is a, this is a perfect virtual cup of coffee anyway. But no, I look forward to meeting up with you sometime soon. Okay, all the best. Take care. This is Jeff Feingold with uh, the Down to Business for December eighth. Uh, be well, everybody. <laughs>